favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. there. Welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have CBA bestselling novelist Kate Lloyd, who will introduce us to her newest release, A Lancaster Family Christmas. Hello, Kate. How are you today? Well, I'm doing very well, thank you. How about you? I am doing wonderful. It's a little chilly here in South Carolina today, but the perfect kind of weather to chat about a Christmas story. And and mm-hmm. yours, your newest release, A Lancaster Family Christmas, sounds like one of those books I just love to cuddle up with around the holidays. So thank you for coming on board with us today. My pleasure. Well, before we get started talking about your book, like I always do, I like to take our listeners for a behind-the-scenes look at their favorite author's writing career. So I'm dying to find out what got you started in writing Amish fiction in the first place. Well, I hate to sound so really blah, but my agent encouraged me to write about the Amish. And I come from a professorial background where a person simply cannot write about something that they know nothing about. So I had to start doing research and I researched and I researched and I researched. And then of course I started writing my uh, book and my first one was leaving Lanc. Well, my first Amish book, not my first book, but my first Amish book was leaving Lancaster and my husband, the sweetheart that he is, took me to Lancaster, which is also where I have Mennonite relatives. And so I'm anyway, I just I just was wowed. I could not believe that I had not visited this area more often. It is such a fabulous, beautiful area and the people in it are incredible. And uh Oh, I could just go on and on. So you better stop me and tell me what you want to know, or I'll just go on and on about the beauty of it. Well, I I have been to Lancaster a few times. I grew up and was raised in northwestern Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania holds a special place in my heart. And I I was surrounded by Amish communities in northwestern Pennsylvania. And um, even though the two communities are quite different in in and in what they believe and how they handle their um, communities. It is, you just ride into those communities and you can't help but feel a sense of peace. And as an Amish fiction writer, that's what I hope all of us authors offer our readers is that same simple living in their books. So I can see how you absolutely love Lancaster County. Um, I have to ask you, though, you had said something to me one time about prayer landing you in Lancaster. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, I was just certain that I wanted everything to be right in my book. And in my, when my first, that was my first Amish book because I knew that Amish are avid readers. They are, they go to the call their library there and they'll tell you, Oh yes, they read, they read, they read. And so I thought, well, I can't write something that isn't proper and right. So I 
I started praying that I would go to a crazy place named Intercourse that I had a hard time even saying the first couple <laughs> hundred times. And I prayed that on that first day, all oh, this could just make me cry. I prayed that I would meet uh, an Amish person and a Mennonite person that I wasn't uh, related to. And they would find interest in me, favor in me, and spend time uh, helping me. And that they would read my book and tell me if I even had it. I didn't mean, you know how you can go, you read a book and you think, oh, okay, that looks like, okay, that looks like Hollywood. I've never been there, but uh, that looks like this. Okay, that's right, right. I prayed that I would find someone who could help me in my writing, in my veracity about the the personality, the, uh, I just, uh, just the Amish. And I, and I did. That very first day, my husband and I met a man, a delightful man. He and his wife are still good friends of mine, of ours, I guess, but they're really my friends. And, oh, this was, I don't know how many years ago, 10 years ago. And then I met, I went into the, the quilt museum. And, oh, they just happens that those people, they're, their niece made the most beautiful quilt ever in that quilt machine museum, which unfortunately has gone missing. And I've asked about it a number of times. It's missing. But I met an Amish couple, because the couple, of course, are still friends. And I met a Mennonite quilter. And... Uh, Anyway, that's it, it really, I can only chalk it up to prayer because answered prayer is what got me to meet those people and to have, I hope, lifelong friends. Oh, that's a wonderful story. And it's wonder, it's wonderful how God shows up in places when you ask him specifically to show himself to you. And he did with those people that he put in your path. How, how encouraging, how encouraging. So tell us, Kate, how many books have you written and which one would you say was your favorite? Well, I just started looking through these, uh, yesterday when I got on Amazon and I somewhere but around 15 books, but then I realized, Oh no, I wrote a book a long, long time ago. And, Read, wrote this, wrote that, and so I would say somewhere between 15 and 20. Now, are all of those Amish, or are they other genres as well? No, they're other genres. In fact, uh, during the pandemic, I had planned to go to on a trip while my husband was scuba diving in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> And of all ghastly things, I did not want to do that. So I signed up to go on a trip and to Italy. 
Now, is it, did I hear you say in one of your previous that you want, someone wanted to go to Italy in your show? Actually, um, my husband and I had planned a trip to go to Italy um, last, I want to say it was last September, and we ended up having to cancel. So, yeah, it, it was me. It was me. Okay. Well, I, I had to cancel, too. And I have actually lived in Italy. That was my uh, college language. I love everything Italian. Um, my, maybe not everything, but a lot. I would was thrilled that I might be able to go back to Italy, but then it was canceled. And I thought, well, that's okay. I'll go, I'll write a book about it. And then in the meantime, I'll go to Great Britain. <laughs> and so that was canceled. Well, I thought that, well, that's okay. I'll write a book about that, and which I did. And so Thwarted twice, and out of those came two books that I really like. Mm -hmm. One is Stage Fright, about a woman who uh, goes on a choral tour in Great Britain and overcomes her greatest fears, and From Rome with Love. So I hope I'll... I hope you get a chance to read both of those. I will, I will definitely go look at your um, Amazon profile and see all of the books that you have written. And what a way to still visit Great Britain and Italy through stories. Because if you're like like me, those stories come to life in your head as you're writing those books. So it was just as well to write that the experiences down on paper. It was just like you were going there. Well, indeed. It was. So who is your favorite character in all of your books? Do you have one character that sort of jumps off or, or that stands out in your mind that, that is your favorite? Well, strangely, some of my favorite characters are men. And I, I love women. And if I prefer to spend time with women over men, and yet I am surprised over and over again, enjoy my male characters. That's interesting. Do you have that? I have one character that was sort of modeled after my own childhood. So she sort of is, you know, it's like I write my own story when I write about her. So she, I do have a favorite character, but I don't have a male favorite character. Surprised that I actually liked some of the, well, some of the, my male characters are my favorite. But I, I always joke that the book I'm writing right now is my favorite. A lot of people say that because you're so into it. Those characters just come alive in your, your head. It's like you're visiting with them or chatting with them on the phone every day as you're writing. So I definitely agree with that. I agree. I know their favorite colors. I know their everything about them. Mm -hmm. Yes. You, you get in their heads, so they become so real. They become so real. So tell us, where do you get your inspiration from? Well, I would say in some cases, like, for instance, Italy and uh, Great Britain, I've gotten them from just random from trips. But if you go, if anybody who goes to Lancaster County or Amish country and doesn't come home with a inspiration in their head, 
I don't know where they've been. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is so incredible just even the way they hang their laundry and they're such lovely people. And and I realize that they are imperfect. We are all imperfect. If we weren't, we would not need God. So we are imperfect, but I just I just love going to Amish country. I, I have to agree. And I grew up in Amish country <laughs> and I still love going back. I love going back. So you have written for a good bit of time now. And that first published book was quite a few years ago. Do you remember what that journey was like? And can you give us a little in t- insight to that first book you got published? Well, I did get that published through a publishing house, David C. Cook. And, uh, and I had an agent and I had a really a lovely time writing that book, A Portrait of Marguerite. And I was surprised that so many people I knew who are not Christians love that book my best. So I thought, yippee. <laughs> uh, and so... I, oh, I, I know exactly what happened. Now that you ask me, I was sitting on the couch journaling. And that's my favorite place to, to write. I was journaling and I started writing. I just started writing and writing and writing. And I kept writing and I kept on writing. And I thought, oh, just don't give up. Just keep writing. You know, it's the biggest problem that writers have is that they give up. There's no need to give up. And so I wrote until I finished A Portrait of Marguerite. And uh, and there's there's a character in there, a male character, who is one of my favorite characters. Um, but there are several characters who are women who are my favorite characters. So several of the characters in there in that book are not at all what I expected to be writing as are all my books. I think, huh? How did that happen? I don't know about you, but I, I go off and I'm on a new tangent and I just let myself go. And I, when I start a book, I have a pretty good idea of how it's going to end. I have the characters in mind I have the ending in mind, but I'm not really sure how it's going to get there. And I know some authors, and I highly, I respect them greatly, who can write, uh, what do you call that? Where you're plot. writing. You're, they're writing yes. either a plot or a plotter or an answer. And it sounds like you're an answer. I am a pantser. Yeah. I would save so much time if I weren't. I know, and me yet, too. It would be so much, I don't know, I have so much fun. Writing is so much fun for me. It's really a joy. It is. And I am so surprised when I sit down to write. I'm so surprised that the characters tell their own story. I always know how the story's going to start and I know how I want the story to end. But like you, I have no idea what's going to happen in the middle. And, and I just, I just finished a book that launches, um, uh, in a week and a half. And Emma's, it was um, Emma's Amish Faith Tested. And I knew what I wanted to happen in the end, and I knew how I 
wanted it to end or the beginning and the end. But the inside, all of those chapters on the inside, Emma told her whole story. And mm-hmm. I can only contribute to that, to God put those words in my head. He told the story. It was God and Emma's story. It wasn't my story. So it sounds like you do the exact same thing. Yes. And you have a little bit better way of putting it. <laughs> no, we we together we put it exactly what we were trying to spit out we we, we yes. said it we said it well that takes us right into i want to talk about a lancaster family christmas and before i ask you some specific questions about the story i'm going to go ahead and read your back matter a little bit just to set the stage okay thank you okay what starts as a getaway to Amish country could turn into the Christmas that changes Diana's life forever, if only she opens her heart. Diana can't face another lonely Christmas in her Manhattan apartment when a co-worker invites her on a last-minute trip to visit her Mennonite family in Lancaster County, Diana jumps at the chance. Arriving in Amish country in the middle of a snowstorm, Diana discovers a world that couldn't be more different from her from her life on the Upper East Side. She is fascinated by the sprawling farms and buggies on the roads, but what she really notices are the welcoming families, cozy kitchens filled with home-cooked meals, and the two handsome men who may or may not be vying for her attention. But every community has its secrets. Jesse, the rackish young Amish farmer, is hiding more than just a forbidden cell phone. And then there's handsome Brett, the guarded Mennonite craftsman who harbors a dark secret of his own. How intriguing, how intriguing, Kate. I can't wait to hear more about the story. So tell us a little bit about what was the inspiration for this particular story. Well, I think I was spending a conversation, having a long, lengthy conversation with my Mennonite relative in New Holland, who would rather preferred to be unnamed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I got speaking to her and I just, uh, the story just blossomed in my head, which is so much fun. So do you think you modeled your characters after that relative or did she just sort of have a behind the scenes insight to the storyline? No, I think she just inspired me. She is such a lovely woman, and the whole family is. And if it has explained so much of what it means to be, there are, I've heard, 40 to 50 different types of Mennonite. And so it's, and she has helped me through many of my books. Uh, oh no, you'd be, you wouldn't be taking, you, this is, that would be the new Hollander Road. This is Hollander Road. She has helped me so much. So. Well, you know, um, I have, uh, we have spoke before about, you know, I have some friends that are Mennonite and I have um, friends in Northwestern Pennsylvania and I have Amish friends in Wisconsin and they are such help. You know, at first I hated to ask them questions because I didn't want to, what do I want to say? I, I didn't want to offend them with my questions, but they would so much rather share their beliefs with somebody so that we can write true to life stories than have us conjure up something that's half belief or half truth 
So I, I can imagine your Mennonite um, family felt the same way, that they, they, in, they were encouraged that you asked them questions specifically about how, how and what they believed. Well, it's a lot more fun when I could sit across the dinner table from them, but I don't have that, uh, I don't have that possibility. Uh, since I live in Seattle, which is a long, <laughs> long way away. That is. So, no give, so give us some insight into what makes your main character tick. What What is it that Diana inspires to be, or what makes her tick in the storyline? Well, she is a person who, well, like all of us, I see all of my characters have me in them male and female, in that we're all, oh, how do I want to put it? We don't, we're not so sure of ourselves. She lacks self-esteem. Or she doesn't think so. She thinks she's just the bee's knees. But the truth is, she does lack self-esteem. And she is looking for love. All my, all my books have uh, romance uh, woven through them. They do. I just, I like romance and I'm not taking it out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have no, to. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, I don't. I just don't like scary. I don't like uh, gloomy that are too deep, maybe. Well, I don't even mind deep. I've, I've, War and Peace, how deep can you get? I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. But there was romance in it. There was. And uh, and mystery, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. So many books, oh, I just open them up and close them because I think, oh, I, did, I'll, I have finally gotten smart that when I order a book, be it from the library or Amazon, I do read the back cover. Because there were years where I would buy books or check them out, and then I would get them home, and I'd think, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> and I, I also don't care for gratuitous, um, well, there's just no nice way to say it. If you can think of another word than sex, I really don't care for that at all. Um, and, a, and a lot of our readers don't. You know, that's why people... Our readers read Amish fiction because they are clean and wholesome. They're a clean read. They have usually a love interest in them. You know, my books all have a slight love interest, but yet a real, real to life issue, uh, women's issues. Typically, I write about women's issues, but I always have a, a spin of um, some sort of love interest in them as well. But people are so overwhelmed with what goes on in the news and what they see through their Facebook feed. I really have to believe that the readers who read Amish fiction are looking for a way to escape to a simpler time. They don't want the heavy scenes. We'll just no, put it there, I the know. heavy scenes. They don't that want that. They're, pa- they're past that in their life. They don't need to clutter their head with stuff that they can see on the television, hear on the radio, see in their Facebook feeds. When they pick up an Amish fiction book, it's like a security for them. They can escape to a simpler time and just enjoy a good, clean read. So there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I and and I 
assume and the authors that I've inter- interviewed all have the same feeling that we just want wholesome reads. We just, you know, want to read a book that you can put down and say, oh, that was a nice story. Yes. Do you agree? Yes. Yes. I do. I, I want a multi-level story, though. I do want something of interest. So I I do try to make my stories interesting and multi-level, but I just, I am so tired. I want a 13-year-old to be able to open my book. In fact, I've got a, I've got a granddaughter. I want her to be able to open my book and she doesn't want to because she said it's too hard. But it wouldn't be. Because she's 13. That's why. Because she's 13. But I want a a young person to be able to open my book and not be, have their parents go horrified because their child is reading something that is really uh, raunchy. Is that a good word? That's a perfect word. That's a perfect (laughs) word. We, we are not, and I'll say it, we are not raunchy authors, and I am proud of that. I am proud of yeah. that. I am proud of that. So tell us in just a few words, what is the key theme or message you want your readers to get when they read A Lancaster Family Christmas? If you or anyone are willing to take a chance and venture off the beaten path and what you know and think is right, you might you might discover a whole new world that's even better than what you knew. I know that really happened when I started going to Lancaster County. Gee whiz. I had no idea that it was even better than Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and probably cost you a lot less than going to Italy. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> I had actually lived there with my parents, so that was not an expense. But it was, uh, I just fell in love with Lancaster County, Mm. fell in love with the Amish, fell in love with the Mennonites. And I, I just feel so blessed that I was asked into their homes. There is an, do you know Linda Byler by any chance, the author? I do. I don't know her personally. I'd love to interview her. If you know her personally, I would love to interview her. But um, no, I have read a few of her books. I do know her personally. Well, please give her my name. I'll, I'll do that. I don't know if she's interested or not, but to have someone, and she is a good writer. She write. she is just a perfectly fabulous woman. We've been to her house for lunch. We we have gotten to know her well. Well, I particularly. And just but, so our and just so our listeners know, Linda Byler is Amish, correct? She is a hundred percent Amish. Yep, yep yes. she is, and she writes Amish stories. So it is. Uh, I've read many of her books. I always love reading a book by an Amish person um, about the Amish. It was yeah. So that was really thrilling for me to get to be friends with her. And she told me that anytime I want to call her up and if I have a question, because I do have questions. If you're going to write Amish, you have questions because let's face it, there's a lot to be learned. 
There certainly is. Well, thank you so much for giving us a little peek inside on Lancaster Family Christmas. I have to ask, so what's next for Kate Lloyd? What are you working on now? Well, I am writing. I have, I bought the most, found out about a book. That's my biggest influence as far as writing goes. And it's by Dorothea Brandt. And it was written in 1934. And it's, oh, what is the name of that book? On writing, or I can't even remember the name of it offhand, but it's, you could still buy it on, uh, it's still a popular book on writing on Amazon. It's a, a fabulous book. And of course, I can't, all my books sitting around me, I can't find it. But she says, it's best not to tell a story ahead of time. Do not give your story away before before it's written because you will deflate it and you will lose some of the uh the strength of that story so although i would love to talk about this book i'm i'm going to keep myself from doing it well okay you do that we just know that you're writing a book we know that oh, you're writing another book of course of course i cannot not be writing a book in fact I don't know how people, if if they're interested in writing and love to write, how they cannot be writing. I wish my brain would turn off in the middle of the night or give myself a break from writing because I love it so much. I agree. I agree. So I'm interested to find out what are you reading right now other than this, I think it was Dorothea Frank. That you're reading. Oh, it's, what other books? It's Dorothea Brandt. Oh, Grant. Yeah. And I'm I'm not really reading her right now, but I she was I just pulled that out of my hat <laughs> and not very well done either. I keep thinking I read I try to not read the book that I'm writing about. For instance, I Anna Karenina, you know her? That name doesn't sound familiar, no? She's by, she was uh, written by Leo, by Tolstoy, mm. who also wrote, I know I read some crazy books, um, who wrote War and Peace. Oh, goodness, okay. Yeah, I read some pretty heavy-duty books. I would say so. I, I try to not read what I'm writing about. And uh, the person, and she's been so much help to me. Oh, as many. One thing I've got to say about Amish authors is how much help they've been to me. Um, oh, Vanetta Chapman. I think she was the first one who told me that she does not write about what she's reading and vice versa. And I really think that's a good idea because if I'm, if I'm, let's say I have a, there's an Amish author and here's one that who I, I love her writing is Suzanne Woods Fisher. She's super, but I would not read her book. One of her books. I've read many of them while I am writing a book like hers. 
Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I often find myself doing the same thing, that if I'm writing heavy into writing, I refuse to pick up another Amish author and read them at the time because you don't want their words to get mixed in with your words. And then you think, was that my thought or was that in the book that I just read? So I, I agree with you. I don't typically read an Amish book while I'm writing an Amish book, but boy, when I'm done, <laughs> I devour them. I devour them. I know while I was writing Emma's Amish Faith Tested, which is just getting ready to launch, finished reading Francine Rivers' book, Leona's Garden. I don't know if you've ever read anything of Francine Rivers, but sure. she is my go-to author between between writing sessions, so I love her books. But I couldn't agree more. I, I don't typically read what I'm writing either, and I don't think a lot of authors that I've interviewed do. They try to stay away from that so that their thoughts are their thoughts and not clouded. Well put. So tell us something your readers wouldn't know about you. What is well, one I'm thing? Well, I'm such a mouth, I think. <laughs> You're a mouth. probably know almost everything about me. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with enjoying conversation. I am a conversationalist, so um, I think that being a writer, you almost have to be. There are lots of writers that are shy and almost a little bit recluse. And then there are others like ourselves who are chatterboxes and that's okay. That's, that's definitely okay. You can probably tell that I am not an introvert. I am an extrovert and I enjoy, I, I don't like telling personal information about myself, but I do, I do enjoy speaking. Oh, it's so much fun talking to you, speaking to somebody who is interested in what I am interested in. That's the thrill. Thank it, you. It is. And, you know, we were talking about that before I started to record. Um, Kate and I were talking about how we love to talk to other authors or other people that share our same interests because our families, of course, don't share our love for the Amish landscape. But um, our Amish author friends and our Amish readers um they do so it is a pleasure to talk to somebody about the things that you love so kate i want to thank you so much for spending time with us this week and i look forward to reading more from you is there any last words you'd like to say to your readers well i do have one little chuckle that came to mind well there you go when my husband is driving me around lancaster county he calls it driving Miss Daisy, yeah, I because we that. go up and down every single road. He enjoys it, so that's not a problem. Um, our a husband, my, my, hus my husband does the same thing, and he is such a good sport about driving me wherever I want to go, because I don't want to drive because I can't look around. So, that's right. Um, he, he, he keeps us on the road while I'm taking pictures and, you know, well, making notes in my notebook, but... Well, thank you so much, Kate. This um, wraps up this week's episode, and I encourage everyone to visit my website at tracyfredikowski.com to see a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape.